Fresh Cut Bros. What are we going to talk about? It feels, I don't know. I don't ever have a plan. No. You have a plan? I don't have For a plan. my podcast? You're going to be my producer moving forward? Let's see. That's what everybody preaches. I should have a producer. Well, I just got hired. We'll see if I don't get fired by the end of it. Yes. Well, so what's your plan for the, what's your plan of action for this Tuesday special podcast? I don't, I don't know, necessarily know that you'd be the producer for the Tuesday special podcast. No, you do for all the wrestling well, stuff. You're yeah. doing well. On I, Tuesday. I don't. I don't know this. The well is hey, the right. I don't. Word. I don't know about your decision making as a whole. I mean, am I yeah. your first two time guest? I mean, um, maybe I was, I was on episode three. We were. Well, no, because uh, Nick and Joel had been on my podcast before, and then we had the Cane Punch reunion. That all three of us did it. So oh, technically, they're right, so, the first two person. Oh, okay. Good try, though. No, but I did. I started over there. Now I'm over here. I take up a lot less room, have a shorter beard. Yes. Just got a haircut. So, I know. Did you get your haircut yesterday? Yeah, I did. Yes. It, was the, it was the first day back. So that yes. she was. I got my haircut yesterday at 8 p.m. I got mine cut. Not yesterday. It was Friday. My bad. Friday mine was at 11 15 a.m. Like they opened up the salons back and my. Uh, friend slash hairstylist Kristen messaged me can, like, mm-hmm. can I cut your hair on Saturday at 11.15 I was like yeah you damn right yes, you, you can, can. <laughs> what uh it's weird because I feel like like I, I like the cut it's my usual like side part comb over but like douchey heel hair but I feel like no matter if she could have fucked my hair to like it didn't matter like, what ridiculous, she did to it but it's point. just like I think it looks great just oh, yeah. because I had a like a bird's nest, like you go to my Instagram, you see a bird's nest that was on my head. Oh man! Only I was like if Justin these people Bieber. Could see what we saw earlier today. Oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. God so, bless. It's amazing. Like you see people. What's crazy is like if you see. Have you seen Ryan Seacrest? Like on no. anything? No. Dude, his, he he don't have that fresh cut like he always has. You see these people, and you're like, man. Now I realize how like manicured your your head is all the well, time. Well, see, I have uh, unlike you, I have thinning hair. And Me, I, like, no, I have thinning hair. hair. Like, Look at this. But it's like so. I just have a good way of hiding my thinning hair. That's what my that's what Kanitha, my hairstylist, she tells me every time. Like Patrick, you're getting thin on top. I'm like, listen, you just cut my hair. I don't pay. I don't pay <laughs> I don't, you for your opinions. I pay you to cut my hair. The way so, I'll show you a picture of David Beckham. You cut my hair similar to that. And then, and then I pay you, we move on. That's our relationship. So, like, Kristen, yesterday, she cut my hair on the sides first and left everything on top. And oh, I was like, you, you know what? I was like, that's fine. Just I'm, clean it up a little bit. Dude, so true. I I was like, because my hair was probably, like, that long. If I pulled it out, it was, like, up to here on top. And I was like, after she cut the sides, I was like, man, part of me just wants to leave this top like because it is. Because it's going away? Because so, we, got, we got to a point, like, this quarantine got, got you to a point where I'm always – I always talk about I'm going to grow my hair out and I'm going to grow my hair out, grow my hair out, grow my hair out. And then I get to a point where I'm like, I can't do anything with this. I need to cut it. And then I get it cut every time for the last 20 years. And like this quarantine made it so possible that I got to the point where I'm like, it's not that bad. I'm, it's growing on me. Like well, having the long, having the long hair is growing on me. Well, see, until I've known Kristen for a decade, but she hasn't always cut my hair because yeah. she, she's a person you have to set appointments with. Oh God, I'm not an appointment yeah. person. One, you're, you're a great, you're a great clip sport clip yeah, kind of guy. Just, that's where I was. Going. I want to get my hair cut. You show up at some girl you've never met before, cut your hair. You hope it's good, and, and then, then you go, ready. and you usually you're disappointed. Yes, and yes. you're bad. So then I just started shaving my head. Then I grew it out, and that's when I had, like, the North Carolina indie wrestler undercut when I had it slicked back. And yeah. then now I go, and she makes me set an appointment. She's like, all right, well, you're coming in on this day. And I was like, all right, that works for me. Just yeah. tell me when to show up. Because I don't – especially with wrestling schedule, now with the pandemic, 
Like, I'm leaving all my weekends open just, like. We have nothing to do. We have nothing to do, but I don't <laughs> want to miss it if it does. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. They're like, hey, do you want to plan a beach trip? I'm like, no. I don't know. No, I don't. Like, like, because what if they plan a show? They're like, well, you can miss a show. I'm like, no, I've missed a lot of shows. It's like any, anytime, anytime anybody plans a vacation, you're like, well, are we breaking any rules? Because, like, if we plan a beach trip, we can get to the beach, but are we supposed to go out to the beach? Can we go? Can, can we go on the water? Is like what I don't know the stipulations of do I is it worth driving three and a half hours? Yeah, and like the beach is the beach I can get leave or take, right? Yeah. Because like I'm not a hot weather person. I'm a bigger guy. I'm uh, not as big. Yeah. So but like I actually Are you a mountain person? See that's the thing. Like I prefer the scenery of the beach, mm-hmm. the weather of the mountains. Scenery like, as in the beach, like sand like, water yeah, or sand bikinis. Water. I enjoy seeing bikinis, that. booties and, and boots. that too. When yeah. I went to Miami, we so we took a trip. I was 21. My the rest of my friends were 20. We went down mm. to Miami. Oh God bless you! And I was the only one old enough to buy alcohol, and I would never buy it for my friends because they were not turning one. Oh, I'm sure. But like, all we were talking about is we're going to go to Miami. How old are you now? See, I'm 33, about to be 34. Oh yeah, just keep so. keep keep that same story until the statute of limitations <laughs> up on that. So, so the entire ride down, we're like, man, I can't wait to see thong bikinis on Miami Beach. We went down there, one. Sorely disappointed. Yeah. Nobody wears them. <laughs> Should have went on a Wednesday. Should have went on a Wednesday. Thong Wednesday. Thong Wednesday. I don't, I don't have to remember true. that. <laughs> Wedgie Wednesdays. But, uh, yeah, it's weird. Well, the thing is, when you when you go to a beach with thongs, you also are going to see a lot of Speedos. Let's see, see, it's nice. a give and take. It's a give and take. I've learned that. But, I mean, in the industry we're in, yeah, I see guys half naked more than I see Oh, in Speedos. Naked. All the that's time. The, that's yeah. the weirdest thing. If I'm scrolling in public... Majority of my social media is half naked dudes. Yeah. So if somebody's just looking over my shoulder, they're like, "Well, what is this guy into?" I used to. I had a bit about, like, and this is no no like homophobic thing, but I had a bit when I did stand up about how, in theory, from the outside looking in, wrestling is the gayest like form of entertainment or sport there is. See, so they're all spraying each other, themselves down yeah. at each other. Yeah. Each it's other like, it's, it's, you have to be, I don't know how anybody that is homophobic can be a professional wrestler or anybody that's associated with it. But I can the, see if someone is homosexual, how they can be associated with it. But you know what you do understand what I'm saying? Like if someone's homophobic, this is the weird, how, that's always been a weird dynamic to me. So like the fans are largely, now I don't want to say largely, but you will get a lot of the more, homophobic, racist-type fans, but the entertainers themselves are more the liberal fans. So it's always been this weird crossover. It's a weird, yeah. Well, so, the, thing about, the, th- the thing I love about professional wrestling is it holds a special place where when you, for the most part, not all the time, but for the most part, when you walk into a wrestling, either it's an arena, like one of the bigger arenas WWE you're in, or like an independent wrestling, an armory, anything, like everything from outside just goes away. It's, it's weird. It's like, it's like you're walking through this doorway that you throw everything that's bothering you on the outside away. And no matter, like, I, I, don't, I don't, how can I say this? No, not, like, through, through all your beliefs, your different beliefs and different political stances and different Leave them at the stances, door. You leave them at the door and you come in and it's like just this own little world of professional yeah, wrestling. A, and, uh, like, and that's, that's the thing. Is this, and that's, I think that's why whenever, like, the shit that you saw with that Hannah girl from Japan, the, you know, yeah, talking about the yeah, girl that committed suicide. Yeah. Like, that's why when shit like that happens, people get so upset about it. It's because we've, un, I don't know if it's unintentionally or we hold, we unintentionally or unknowingly hold a, that 
that boundary around us that listen, leave all your bullshit at the door when you come into our world. Well, see, you know that's I mean? where that's where social media is bad, right? That's yeah. the that's the worst part about it. And and we say it, and I kind of give this perspective because I'm just recently moving from a fan to behind the scenes. Yeah, fair to say. Um, so. When you're here, you watch what you say. But then there's always that subgroup of people that will sit front row or second row or third row yeah. and keep their mouth shut. But as soon as they're not around anybody and that Twitter machine and those Twitter thumbs start working, they're keyboard warriors and they want to say the absolute worst thing you can possibly say. Yeah. And not everybody's built for that. Yeah. And not everybody should be. She shouldn't have had to deal with that. Nobody should have to deal with, oh, with the bullying, and I get tired of the oh, where was the family at? Where's the, you don't know if her family was there, you don't know mm-hmm. if her friends were there, and you don't know what triggers somebody has. Yes. You don't know what they're going through. So if they're sitting at home alone and they're already in maybe a depressed state, or maybe they're down on themselves about something, yeah. and then they log on to social media and all they see is this hate, and all it is is so some guy that lives in his parents' basement that's fifty three years old wants to jack off and get a reaction to it. Yeah, I mean that. That type of stuff. Well, it's like you don't know. Like whatever happened to the mindset of you don't know. Like I was, I was taught all the time growing up, and the, in the business that I work in, like anytime you pass somebody, you smile at them and say hello. Like that's that's oh, the mandatory. That. And the reason I was taught that is because you never know what somebody's going through. Like you never know if somebody's having a bad day. You never know if somebody thought about committing suicide the night before or that morning or planned on taking their lives later in that day. You've heard so many stories about like, listen, I was going to, I had, I had come to the determination that I'm going to take my life later in the day. And you stopped and talked to me and showed me that you cared. Yeah, And, and, so and that changed my whole mind perspective on it. And, and, and it's like you, you have that ability for free to touch people's lives like that. And a lot of, and it might just be the way we're built because we we work in an entertainment business and a lot of what, regardless of what a lot of people think, a lot of what drives people like me to do the creative stuff and Brian to fund it and the wrestlers to wrestle is because you can make someone's day better. Yeah. You can you can impact somebody's life. You can impact somebody's experience and it, and you're a big part. It's like, it's like we're, if, if I think one of the best jobs ever, although very hot in the summer, would be able to be one of the caricature, caricatures at Disney World. Well, you're just drawing people, Jesus. making people happy oh faces. Oh my god, dude! Well, no, no, no. Like you're one of the like you, you like you wear the Mickey costume. Oh, the character. Like you, you are. Said yes. I thought you meant that's like what the I little will, character. Or, don't. Artist. This is my fucking podcast, bro. Hey, don't correct uh, me on my podcast. I am the producer of. Okay, something fair enough. Else, fair enough. Fair this. enough. Yes, you're 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 my producer, so you can correct me. I'll let that slide. But like, think about every day you get to wake up. Yes, you, you you're probably gonna be skinny. Because you're gonna sweat like crazy walking around the. I think they have different, like a few different ones that take but, turns. But how big of a flex is that? Like everybody grows up a Mickey fan. Oh, dude! Imagine being Mickey. You're like, one of the luckiest people like in the you world. You make it. But like, you every day you show up and you get to brighten all. Like make ninety percent of the people that you meet, you're making their day. Yeah. So as, who, as this character. So who would be the worst character to be? Like who would you not want to be? Pluto. Pluto. Because you got to crawl around four legs. Well, uh, he, I guess no, he walks he, on he two walks legs. On. I think um, I Pete, maybe, because the costume's so big. I Listen, mean, I'm up to date on my Disney characters because Little Man, Little G. Like, I watched, I, I watched three episodes of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse this morning. That's what I do every morning. Every morning. And when, and when he's acting a fool, 
Put put a pull up YouTube on the TV. Mickey Mouse fun, Clubhouse. I always say Funhouse. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. See, my best friend, he has a kid, mm-hmm. and she is in love with Frozen. It doesn't even matter oh, if the volume is on. She can watch it with the volume off, and she'll just sit there. She's like three, and she can repeat it. And I'm like, I'm like, she, there's no volume. She's like, she doesn't care as long no, as it's on. She the just wants TV. to see Elsa. What's her name? Elsa. Elsa? Yeah, Elsa, Anna, Olaf. Yeah, yeah. My girlfriend. You, see, you're on top of that. So, I don't. Well, see, well, my girlfriend's in. The I know, world. I know them. I just don't know names. Well, I like Disney. I've always been Disney Pixar. Oh yeah. Um, honestly, I was disappointed when Disney bought Pixar because I feel like Pixar's can kind of put on the back shelf, and I love yeah. Pixar films. But Pixar movies are so good though, yeah, they because might. they have, like, Pixar movies were good before, like the Toy Stories of the world and this and that. But I feel like when Disney bought Pixar. The graphic work was still amazing, but the storytelling was ten times better. The storytelling, is, but they just—I just don't feel like you get the same amount of production out of. Like, That's true. There, I think there was yeah. more they, they're, on that, they're on that Disney schedule. Yeah. The, that movie, that movie production schedule of, and it also might come into play that it takes so long to make those movies because yeah. the computer animation takes. Well, see, when forever. I was learning how to edit, um, I was—I actually enjoyed keyframing. That was the one. Of Jesus things. Christ! And what everybody the thought hell I was is crazy. wrong and, with you? But I don't know. And so when I, I oh. said it. I walked, I, I left it. I didn't do anything with it. I was like, I'm that's, not going to make any money. That's like borderline insanity. Well, it is. That's like like that's like liking geometry. Is he my my? Did you uh, like geometry when you were a kid? No. Okay. I was horrible at math. If you, but for, if you if you would have said yes, I would have shut this shit down, and we would I well, left, see, and I would never talk to you again. Keyframing and matching stuff up is what like I could just OCD on it for hours. Yeah. And then I left it alone. I didn't do anything with it, and I decided I wanted to start picking it back up. And I was like, man, I used to like keyframing. And then In I was After going Effects? to go research, uh, no, just all on. Uh, like Premiere? Yeah, all on Premiere. God. And it wasn't even Premiere back then. It was Final Cut. Final yeah. Cut is what I learned on. Oh, that's what I learned um, I love so, Final Cut. I don't like the new Final Cut. I like Final Cut 7. No, I've heard Final Cut. Like, I've only used Premiere. I heard Final Cut is shit. There's thing. one reason. Yeah, they, they, too, they simplified it too much. Like Final Cut used to be the movie production piece of equipment, but now, or a piece of software, but now they dumbed it down to where it's like a mix of iMovie and Final Cut well, Pro. One of the shittiest things about Premiere and Final Cut and all this is you're 36, I'm 33, because mm-hmm. I'm younger, healthier, Fuck prettier. Off. But there's like 11 and 12-year-olds making videos that we wish that oh, we could make. What pisses me off more than anything, I talked to Keith Mack about this last time I saw him. The fact that he can go on his phone and make those videos. And make a video phone. in like five minutes and post it pisses me off to no <laughs> point because I cannot do that. If I want to make a video, that's a problem with this podcast. When I used to just put up a phone and record it, it used to drive me absolutely nuts because there's only one camera angle. I hate it. And I completely forget that this is an audio podcast, and that's the main well, driving see, that's the, form. That's the thing is like, I don't. I know you, so I should have known this was going to be filmed because I know Patrick and I know Tuesday. Oh, yeah. I know the product. Yeah. So I didn't comb my hair, and then you got here. You're like, "Oh yeah, we're going to film," and I was like, oh. I, like "I should have thought about that." But Where's I, your hat? I, I thought you were going to wear a hat. Well, I got my hair cut, so I didn't. Oh, wear it. Should yeah. I should I go get a hat? Does no. my hair look bad? No. I, like, I, I think it looks fine. Like I, I, I that's why I, I didn't say when we walked in. My immediate thought was like, we both got fresh cuts, but I was like, I'm going to save it for the podcast. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything right now, but I'm, I'm going to say for the podcast, I know way I'm going to open is the way I did. And I'm going to like two fresh cuts in the house right here. <laughs> Somebody, we got two responsible MFers here at, wanting at to look first, nice, wanting to look nice for our ladies. Yes. At the first opportunity to get a haircut, we did. Yes. It's like, but I mean, it's, I don't know how much longer I could have gone. I, like, I was to the point where I was like, if this is going to go another three months, I was just going to shave it. Like, have you, had a man, have you ever had a man bun? 
Huh? Yeah, I've had a man bun. You've known me when I had a man bun. Did I? But I wear hats all the time. Oh. Okay. That's why. And I never really put it up because my girlfriend would do it as a joke. But, yeah. like, the ponytail, like, hurts. You have to put it on tight. Mm-hmm. I don't like being uncomfortable. Uh, so, a yeah. lot of the times, like, my hair would just be – I would have, like, the a shorter version of the Skylar undercut. Yeah. And I would have a hat on. under. Um, gotcha. Then I eventually cut it because it looks stupid with Like, you forget when you see – like, we see people with long hair all the time. And it's yeah. nothing new to us. I feel like, I feel like outside of – the wrestling outside of the wrestling business, if you see people with long hair, you're like, smokes a lot. Yeah, he does. Maybe, maybe drives a motorcycle. Depending on how well groomed that long hair is, is how nice the motorcycle chaps. is. Yeah, has leather chaps. Might be in a cover rock band. It's true. <laughs> but like us, like when we get around wrestling, that's what's so weird about wrestling. Like when I get around wrestling, it's like, oh, it's nothing to see somebody with a man bun. It's, it's, it's <laughs> like normal. it's nothing. Yeah, it's, it's just like, like, oh, hey, what's up? You don't even think about it. But there, there are people, and I'm not going to say any names, because but there are people that have haircuts and stuff like that. They're like, they have to walk around like that in their real life. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Ethan Case. <laughs> I love you, Ethan. I love you. I, I didn't. The, say uh, anything. <laughs> but Ethan, I think Ethan's personality, like, well, Ethan is allows Ethan. him to. To, to yeah. be fair, Ethan's gimmick is Ethan. Like, yeah. there's not. There's not much in If you have the personality there. to walk around with the crazy haircut, then yeah, I mean, people, people oh, okay. He's the short shorts, no sleeves The guy. weird thing is, this is where I'm transitioning because I had this conversation with somebody. It might, have been, it might have been like somebody on the podcast. Is like we're getting to that age now where you have to decide, is it – like I, I try to think. I think about it all the time. Like I'm just, I'm just now start, like actually putting effort into this podcast and wanting to wanting to see how successful it can get, and trying to get viewers, trying to get listeners, like and push it and push it and push it and promote it, promote it, promote it. Like, but I'm 36. I'll be 37 this year. Like, am I? Like, where where is the point where like you have to decide? Like in the society that we grew up, doing this kind of stuff in front of cameras is okay at our age. Yeah. But like in the the age or the people like the generation before us would never be doing this at 36 years old. Like, this is like a 20 year old, like this is 20 to 25. Get your shit out of the way. Then get to go get a job, but work in a factory. Joe Rogan's 52 and just signed a hundred million dollar yeah. deal. Oh so, yeah. I mean, that's, that's my, that's my driving force. Do I think that I'll be as big as Joe Rogan? Absolutely not. Now there, this is the benefit that you have for podcasts, especially in the wrestling world and entertainment world. Uh-huh. Being 36, right? Yeah. So you're not a 21-year-old, 20-year-old experiencing things for the first time. You yeah. have experience in them. So you can talk to them to a broader and more knowledgeable realm Very than true. a lot of people. Very true. So you, that's where the age and experience comes mm-hmm. in. Like me, so I'm 33, and I, I joke around. Like, I do the podcast without a name, just generally because I just wanted to record the podcast with a friend. Yeah. And I didn't feel like thinking about a name. So during the course of the podcast, I was like, well, we'll just call it podcast without name. And I made a logo. I like it. And that's, that's what we did. But so me, my decision was, so to go back, backtrack a little bit, the wrestling being an escapist experience, mm-hmm. I was so enthralled by it. as a kid, that's all I, all I loved was wrestling. And then I got out of it when WCW folded Yeah. Uh, and WWE shelved it. And there was only the one option. I didn't know anything about independent wrestling, yeah. nor do I know if it was even any good back then. Um, but then when I started getting back into it six, seven years ago, which is weird because I always think it's like three years ago and my Facebook memories remind me how long I've it been around. It goes by so quick. But uh, but then I was like, I was like, it made me feel, because I was always, 
you know when you feel like lost, like you're looking for something, you're not necessarily depressed, but there's something missing. Yeah. So wrestling and PWX for me filled that void. That's why I was always like, I don't want to figure out how this works. I want to figure out how to get in. So then I started showing up earlier. Well, what can mm-hmm. I do to help out? Then I started picking up people from the airport. And that yeah. was, I remember the first person I ever picked up was Juice Robinson. For, oh, God. And, uh, X-16. But you want to talk about somebody that's completely different when he's not around people? Yeah. Juice Robinson by himself, quiet, humble. Yeah. Hey, how you doing, sir? Oh, he's around pretty on the persona. Around other people? Yeah. He is flamboyant. Oh, Juice he's Robinson. ridiculous. I love him. But, uh, like, Love that him. was – that was – that's where I'm at now, 33, about to be 34. Mm-hmm. And I want to see – I want to see where I can ride the roller coaster to. Hell, I've already worked because of you guys and because of the work that I've put in. I'm not going to shortchange myself. I'm not, you should. I'm not trying to sound cocky. You but, should. Um, it's all us. It's all us. <laughs> no, but I mean, there, yeah. there's some truth to that, right? I mean, I well, play well, music for Liger. Yeah. Well, I'm, the thing is, is every everybody, the way that you advance in your career – is someone has to help you out. Yeah. So, like, our belief, me and Brian, that we've talked about a lot, is whenever, like, there's people that put into motion us being able to work for New Japan. And it, without those people's recommendation or those people's good words and their referral to us or referring New, us to New Japan, it completely opened that door. So we feel like it's our, like, duty to open the doors for people to help us. See, and that's exactly what's happened. Because think about, like like I said, I am a two-time guest here on Tuesday Special. Not everybody can say that. But, True. Uh, this is episode three, if you want to check it out. But I, it's I've a good ex- episode. I've, I've experienced a lot since then. If you want to see and, the growth of this show, yeah. watch episode three. <laughs> see, and it was weird because I remember being happy with that show. And mm-hmm. then you bring on people like Pierce and Zane Riley and all that have actual good and entertaining stories. And I'm like, oh, but I'm like, listen, shit. Like, I've learned... <laughs> I remember when I first started doing podcasting, the first podcast I ever did was the most terrible thing I've ever done in my life, like from a creative standpoint, just by like overall product. And then me and my friend started doing, like I had a buddy that did, we did like all podcast, all podcasts I've ever started last like 13 episodes. And then it's like, this is too much. Or we take a week off and then we just never pick back up. Like I had the saucer nerds that we did at flying saucer in Charlotte that me and my buddy Jeff did, uh, He's been a he's been a guest on the podcast, and we used to go to the Flying Saucer and sit on the couch they used to have out front. Did you ever go to the Flying Saucer? I went to the one in Columbia. And I oh, okay. To so they have one in Charlotte, and they used to have a couch, like a little sitting area in the mm-hmm. front, and you could just go sit over there if you want to and order food. And me and Jeff, I did. I mean, that's the, when I bought this thing, which was like six or seven years ago, the H four N, and we'd go. I'd See, hook I'm up. I'm glad that you. Uh, you mentioned that because when you were just looking down, pointing, it looked like you were just talking when I bought oh. when I bought my junk. <laughs> yes, yeah. but. uh but we used to go, I just hooked two like handheld mics to that bad boy and we just record a podcast talking about stuff and, and trying three, we try three beers that we never tried before. And Is that what sprung Beer Bros TV? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then like, then the Beer Bros TV, like, well, before the Beer Bros TV, me and uh, Joel and Nick started the Cane Punch podcast, which to this day, we're talking about starting it back up. But to this day, it's still one of the funnest podcasts I've ever done. And, it, and it's on iTunes. It's called Cane Punch Podcast. The, so funny. The most fascinating thing about you to me is how you find the time in the day to do what you do because you, oh. like, you do Tuesday, you yeah. edit all this stuff, you have a normal job, you have a kid, yeah. you have a family. It's no I sleep and like, staying up late. And and like s- trying to schedule out. It's helped. Well, I think the reason I like doing so much is because it helps me 
like schedule out my days. So like me and Dutch have been filming the wrestling open form on Tuesdays or Thursdays. So last two weeks we've filmed them on Tuesdays. So if I do them on Tuesdays, then I know I can record the Tuesday special either on Thursday or Friday. But now every other Friday I decided I wanted to do that. Take it home show just because I want to do an interactive show on the internet on Facebook live. So every other Friday is going to be taken up. But the good thing about that is like 10 year old goes to school. So I goes to school. Uh, baby goes to daycare and I have the whole house to myself after 830 on Friday, every other Friday. And, I, and I'm off work that day, every other Friday. So I have, I have a whole, the whole house that I can just go sit down and talk wrestling with a bunch of my people, my friends on the internet. And that's the whole concept of that show. But, uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I just, I'm addicted. I tell, I tell my girlfriend all the time, I'm addicted to creating. I'm addicted. Like if I have an idea, if I don't get the idea out and create it, well, see, that's it drives me insane. That's something I, that I'm trying to proactively do. Yeah. Right? So like, I always have these ideas and now I have all this equipment that I bought that I wasn't using. And now if I have an idea, I just want to do it. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like you saw the other day, like I just had an idea and it was bugging me. And so I called Kevin and I was like, Hey, you got time to meet up? I yeah. have an idea. I don't want to see. And all it was is I knew it was probably never going to see the light of day, which I was fine with because oh, to, I'm me, sure it will. to me, all it is, is I wanted to see if I could take what I had in my head mm-hmm. and make it a reality. Yeah. And that's, and that was soothing to me. And that's that's 50% of the problem solving. Yeah. And, and when, when you do that, like probably 60% of the stuff that I've ever done has never made me a penny. No, you don't. <laughs> but everything, when I'll come up in a situation where I am getting paid or I am having to do something for somebody or for myself that's going to make it better or improve the overall product. And I take what I learned by doing the stuff that I didn't get paid for that I just had fun doing. Well, see, and that's, that's a, what that's what gave me my knowledge of how to problem solve this issue that we're having. Well see, that's a that's a thing that I don't think a lot of people non creative types and I don't like I'm not saying that to be snobby, like the non creatives yeah. out there. You're the the non essentials. Yeah. Basically the non essentials. <laughs> the non essentials. <laughs> so so this is this is the issue I run into a lot with. They're like, Well, how much do you make off wrestling? How much are they paying you? It's like well well news check three years, I didn't make a penny. Yeah. And it wasn't about the money. It was about happiness. This is what makes me happy. A yeah. lot of it is what makes you happy. You have to uh, pay your dues, quote unquote, but mm-hmm. you also have to prove yourself. Uh, what a lot of, a lot of people come up to me because I've just recently made the transition or making the transition, however you want to word it. Like, well, how'd you do it? And I tell them about the amount of hours and the sacrifice yeah. and they're like, well, what? I could probably show up before, but I mean, I have a job, so I couldn't stay behind. I was like, well, we all have jobs. Yeah. It's like, you either love it or you don't, and that's, that's fine. Like, you can show up, watch the show, and leave. That's what we all put in the work to do. Yeah. But it's... it's you have to earn those, it. Yeah. You can't, you you can't to, bypass I, that. And the people that do bypass that, like, sneak in... They flame out. They flame out very quickly. It's and like, we've seen that numerous times. No, and that's, that's one of the things that where... So I came in, and I had kind of a, a, a background in production a little bit, but I was fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. But what could I offer? I could offer loyalty and I could offer hard work mm-hmm. and I could offer always saying yes. I had yeah. those three things going for me. And in the five, six years you've known me, I've always remained consistent with yeah, those three things. Definitely. I actually remember the first time I ever told you no. And I was like, this is it. This is, this is my song dance. This and is I, and I, I said, okay. <laughs> I it was the most nerve wracking well, thing. When was, was it? Like, that was when you were wanting me to shoot ring cam for pure but i was already traumatized from doing it before when i was a lot bigger 
So I was uh, blocking everybody's view. And I was like, no, I'm not. But you, you not shot the headlocks for hospitals, didn't you? Yeah, I also shot yeah. that too. But that was a bigger area. That wasn't like Hebron. Yeah, yeah. Well, Hebron, like back then, like I was a lot bigger. So all I was hearing is, Brad, that's the bad yeah. part. Everybody, everybody knows, knows me. <laughs> so they're, they're not just saying just The bad thing is like guy. Dutch, everybody knows Dutch because they tell him <laughs> to get out of the way. <laughs> but they have to like, fans have to understand that there's two parts of these shows. There's the live action part and then there's the video aspect of it that we make money with afterwards. Yeah. So we ha- you have to have camera people. Yeah. And then if you and don't I don't have- know, like, I guess because the seats are further back at WWE shows, that the camera guys are right up on the ring, but the seats are further back, they can see over them. Well, I've, I've been to WWE. Have you sat front row? Huh? I haven't sat front row. Oh. I've, been, I've been on the floor a few rows back. Yeah. Uh, that was the closest. But WWE, when you go there, they do not give a shit about the live crowd. Hmm. It is all about TV crowd. That is all like it's there, all, it's a TV there's product. things breaking your view constantly in your way where you can't see. They don't. Oh, dude, I went, me and Corky went to WrestleMania in Orlando and we got to our seats. And I mean, there were $600 tickets. And the, that was I, a I flex, don't want to say, no, 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 no. It was, it was a, I'm trying to think of how to say this. It was payment in a form of, listen, I can pay you or I have these two tickets because me and my wife aren't going oh, okay. if you want them. And then I'll just take some money out of what I owe you if you guys want to go. And me and Corky were like, yeah, that's fine. Because once again, if they're already paid for and the person that brings me to every WrestleMania, if I can help him out financially if he needs it and he's got these two things, that way he doesn't have to come out of pocket and pay yeah. or come out of his profit and pay me, then that's fine. I'll go. Me and Corky will go. I'm with Corky. You yeah. can't go anywhere with Corky and not have a good time because all he's going to do is talk shit the entire time about people and everything. <laughs> but we got to our seats. I mean, I'm glad I went because that was when the Hardys came back. That was when the Undertaker did his little, his first, uh, like, swan song. Where I'm, he I'm still walks mad. Out. Like, to, and after watching watch, The Last oh, Ride. Oh, I was going to say, watch the, the, like, the documentary. I once yeah. you watch The Last Ride, but to me, that folding up the jacket, putting yeah. the hat on top was the perfect ending. But, but it, I could, but. As a creative person, you can also understand that in that moment, like in that, that moment, you're done. But then when you watch it back, it's going to eat at you, especially That's with like, somebody like him. I, I, I could, when I watched that thing, I was like, because I was very critical about it too. Yeah. And when I watched that documentary, I was like, okay, I get it. I yeah. get it. And then like me, because I'm not a Roman, and I'm not a Roman Reigns fan. Just and it's not because it's popular to not be a Roman Reigns fan. I just he just doesn't do anything yeah. for me as a wrestler. It's nothing against him as a person. I don't know him as a person. As just. I, his wrestling and me. Just he's a good play. wrestler. Yeah, very. Good. He's probably one of the best wrestlers. He just doesn't. Yeah, he, he doesn't wrestle your style that yeah. you like. So, but I remember feeling like shit because like I was just watching the most recent episode and he's backstage and he looks devastated over what just happened in the ring. And the, yeah. that's the part that people don't think about is like these wrestlers. They majority of the time, if you're worth your weight, mm-hmm. you care about what you put in the ring. You don't yeah. have a bad match and go backstage and like. Well, it happens. Get it yeah. next time, like you, especially on that level or yeah. on that on that stage. Yeah, because it's, it's not like you're in front of uh, ninety-seven people. You're in front of ninety-seven thousand. So, what I like the most about those documentaries is it not that it humanizes the wrestling business, but it shows people like you and me that they are no different than us. Yeah, the weirdest thing to me was seeing Taker at whatever his age was still running the ropes. Yeah, like still like still running the ropes and taking that bump. 
you wouldn't think that he would still have to do that after these mm-hmm. years. He's still it's still bare bare basis. The same thing with Edge in the yeah. Edge documentary when he when he got the ring delivered and was running doing little drills and this and that. It's wild to think. But I don't I just like that it's crazy. And like once again, the I think the most I've ever felt it was probably like legend is like you like through this curtain is this insane stage yeah with these people and then you walk behind the curtain and it's just like me you normal like words yeah and it's so crazy to watch like that undertaker or any any of those documentaries and you see him like walk like he goes down on a little ramp and you just saw this epic thing and he just steps down was he on my phone walks. still to this day is that picture of Liger that we saw through the smoking uh, yeah. face. Like, yeah. And that's one of those that's things. A st- have we ever told that story on this podcast? I don't. I haven't been on it. So uh, the, like, I, I might have, but we'll reiterate the story because I have someone else that witnessed it with me. Like when we had Liger in Charlotte, uh, we, we me, and, me and Brad. Oh, no, way, you did tell the story because you said that Kevin uh, tapped you on the story. Yeah. And, said, and I remember thinking, I'm like, that wasn't Kevin. So, that was me. Kevin it was Brad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was before, yeah, because that was before Kevin started doing lights for us. Uh, but Kevin was there somewhere. But uh, it was me. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was me, you. I was right here. You were right here. Uh, uh, Lindsay Snow. Savannah Lindsay Evans, Snow was behind Hector, us. Savannah and Chastity. And Chastity and Hector was. Back and Hector there. was with us. And uh, we had sent out Ethan. We had sent out Skyler. And now it's time for Liger. And I'm like I'm during shows I'm in the zone. He's tunnel. So unless somebody unless somebody says something to me or tries to talk to me, which is usually fucking Corey Hollis, he'll be like, "Hey Patrick," and I'm like, "Yes, no, okay, let me get back." And I usually miss something because yeah. he's talking to me. He's he's the world's worst at talking to me when I'm trying to live edit. But uh, like I'm just in my zone, and all of a sudden we're about to play Liger's music. We're letting it sit, and Brad taps me on the shoulder and points, and I look. And there's just fog, like the fog, a green light has like illuminating from the fog. And then you see just the silhouette of silhouette Liger. Silhouette of Liger. And he's sitting there like and a superhero. It, yeah, and he's just standing there like a superhero. And, uh, and, he just, and he just stands there, doesn't move a muscle. And then like, his music part. starts. And then he goes, I am leaving. What's the best part? The best part is, so I've never seen Patrick mark out. Yes. But Patrick lost all kayfabe, all whatever you want to call it. He said, somebody take a fucking picture. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, and it was all of us just had our phones out. Was like, you could tell he was looking straight at oh, us. He, he knew oh, what dude. was going on. And he, but, like, and he, and he goes, and just walks. <laughs> and goes out. And it's the most re- amazing thing ever. But that whole experience, that whole, that legend. And I don't know if I ever told you, I don't know if I ever told anybody. I actually had to pull over on the side of 77 driving home because I was so overwhelmed by emotion of what I experienced that day and yeah. that night. And that's yeah. what fed me more into, all right, this is a feeling. It's addicting. Like yeah. that feeling of achievement and accomplishment and knowing what I had put. Like I showed up to the building at 8 a.m. and we left mm-hmm. at like 2 a.m. Yeah. So, and knowing that. And then I got the invite from you guys for the new Japan Northeast yeah. tour mm-hmm. and the Northeast tour left a weird taste in my mouth because you know the, the whole story. situation, yeah, the yeah. whole situations and I don't, which sucks so bad because that was such, that was such an experience. See, but the, 
but it drove me, right? Yeah. Because, so here's here's what – I'm not going to mention any names or delve into it because it's probably not the time yeah. or place. No. But the situations that happen and then the aftermath thereover, I was like, all right, well, now I have something to prove. Mm-hmm. So then – Southeast tour comes. Mm-hmm. Now it's not three shows; it's five shows. Now we're on the road. Yes. Now I have something now. To prove. Now it's like we're doing this shit for a living. Yeah. Now I have something to prove. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, you didn't want me in the building last time. Now you're now like, you're, I'm going to show you why I, why you need me. Yeah. And on the very last show, I got a hug from that exact same person saying, yeah. "Thank you. I appreciate everything. Yeah. You made my life so much easier." And that is something that drives me, and that just a, that's a feeling that I'm never going to forget because I had that in me. Does like because I still remember that. And a lot of people would take that like, "Man, you know what? You know what? They didn't appreciate me." I was like, "No, I say, I was like, I I deserve to be here." Yeah. And so I wanted to show that, and I I feel like I achieved that. Oh yeah, I definitely. Was, I was proud of that. I learned a lot on that tour. Yeah. Like, that's uh, the thing is like, you have to. Like, I, you have to jump into situations like that, when even if you don't feel like you're ready, to make yourself understand that you are ready. See. Like, oh, yeah. what what that was for me was WrestleCon. I mean, the first time I ever did WrestleCon for Mike is before we ever did video walls. It was all audio, and I just had to do – I had to make sure the show went good. And after that first year, the second year, Mike was like – all right, Patrick, you're in charge of the building that all the shows are in. So you're in charge of keeping the schedule. You're in charge of making sure they start on time, making sure they end on time. And then Seth will be doing the live edits and the live streaming. So you guys have to coordinate to make sure everything goes smooth because I'm going to be doing the convention. This is, that was the first year they did like shows all day with the convention going on somewhere else. Yeah. And that's when after that weekend, which was the second WrestleCon weekend I did, that's when I was like the second week wrestling con weekend that I produced a lot of the shows. That's when I was like, okay, I can do this. And that's why, that's why I, I always give Mike a lot of credit to like, like Tyshawn gave me Tyshawn was in a situation where I could help him. That's why I got the opportunities that I had. Cause I had the company, I had the look that he wanted with my company but he just didn't have the ability to get because yeah. nobody could do it except for not saying nobody could do it except for me, but I'm, I have mastered the art of that look. Yeah. So when I quit and I came over to him, I, I shut down my company and then joined the PWX team. I brought that look over with it. And then like when Brian bought it, Tyshawn's the one that told Brian, like Patrick needs to be one of your secondhand guys. It was me and Jake. Like these two guys need to be your secondhand guys. And then me and Brian just formed that bond and I, had that conversation with Brian is like, listen, I have a, I have a, I have a, like something I told Ty that I have to live up to. I have to protect this company, the brand, not Ty Sean, not you, the PWX brand and the company. I have, to, I have to do everything I can to make it as successful as possible because me, Zane, Jake, Caleb, Ty Sean, Mike, all these people put so much time and effort and Mike and Ty Sean money and now Brian money to to try to create this and then i told brian i said i i have your back that i'm going to protect your money because there's going to be a lot of people because it's professional wrestling there's going to be a lot of people that try to abuse them. your money they don't give a shit about you they don't give a shit about your family they don't give a shit about your income they don't give a shit about your financial stability they want to make their dreams come true and they will use you and your checkbook to make it come true yep. they will abuse you i will never abuse you 
I will always make educated decisions for you. I will always try to point you in the right direction. I will always take care of you. That's why I stand where I am with Brian now. But the crazy thing about PWX is like now I always think about like I'll put up a video on Facebook and I have like 130, 140 views like the yeah. like any podcast or anything. And I was like, man, is it worth it? I know I got to put in the time. I know I got to put in like got to just put content out to get people to watch and get people to pick it up. Is it, is it really worth the time and effort that I'm putting in? And then I think about like I remember sitting in like the rec center right right on uh, rec center in like downtown Charlotte. It's like in the ghetto and like 50 people being in the crowd at PWX shows yeah. with the fucking Briscoes and Red Titus in, on the show. And you're just like, okay. So, I, I mean, I know it took 10, 12 years, but I'm, I'm there now. Like my podcast is in that rec center in front of 50 people, like just giving – giving the best showing it can in front of this yeah, crowd. Yeah, because you got to learn. And grow. Like now, what can I do to get it to where like PWX is? Yeah. So there's always that growth that I'm looking for. But but to go back to your uh, your point where you came in and you're like, Brian, this is this is the look. You, you had a vision project. And that's one thing that, uh, that always captivated me about PWX is the look and the professionalism. Yeah. And then now knowing everybody, it's very protected. Uh, me and Kevin Pierce specifically, because you're busy doing other things, but when yeah. we're setting up things, mm-hmm. we're not easy to work with, but we work well together. Me, you, Kevin Pierce, we work uh, together very well, and we're very particular about how things look yeah. and op- operate. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is I didn't take a job. I pretty much created a job with BWX because nobody sat next to you before yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. You were doing everything by yourself. Yeah. Um, and then there's – Well, it's, it's very hard for me to trust people. Yeah. Not, not, not because I'm, it's hard, like I have trust issues. It's because I expect things to be a certain level of professionalism and like level of excellence. Yeah, that's why I started, like people will make fun of me. You know, why are you wearing a dress slacks and a polo? I was like, well, I need to look the part. Everybody else that is back there, sitting back there is in slacks well, and a polo. <laughs> I'll give so, you the background to why we do that is uh, – we were talking about we had reached a certain level and I'm trying to think of like the timeline when it was. And because for the longest time I'd show up in just like Adidas pants and a t shirt and just work my ass and off, be sweating hat. like creating yeah. a backwards hat and just whatever. And I think I remember I remember the saying of like dress dress the job dress to the job that you want. Or people like the way the way you present yourself is the way people will take you. Yeah. So I've always been one. I was taught a long time ago, I think it was when I was in high school, that when you walk into a room, you can, you can do one of two things. You can walk into a room and just be another person in the room, or you can walk into the room like you own the room. If you walk into the room like you own the room, people are going to take notice. And do you want people to take notice, or do you want to hide in the shadows? That's where you guess what you got to figure out. So that's why I've always I don't people people say I have an om like ominance ominance is that how you say it aura like aura we'll say aura. aura that's not the word I was looking for but we'll go with aura like people say I have an aura about me when I walk into a room like you can tell oh Patrick's here you know and it might be because I yell at you all the time and I cuss all the time but uh, like I've made it a point since I was like seventeen or eighteen 
that when I walk in a room, I'll look around and make sure people are looking at me. And that's not like an ego thing. It's just a, like, listen, you need to, like, I'm, I'm important. Yeah, and it, and yeah, it, it sounds, but it sounds like an ego thing when I talk about it. Well, no, but, it, but it makes sense because I mean, you should be respected. You put a lot of work in, and that's part of the reasons why for the first three years that I was helping out Brian, I never spoke to you. Yeah. I was like, I was like, that guy scares me, so I'm not going to uh, say anything. Good, uh, I'm doing my guy. job. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, that's that's one of the things people overlook about uh, what I do is like that connection. Like me and you work together, and I can make a mistake. Yeah. That, I notice and you notice, but nobody else will notice. And I know I'm going to get yelled at for it and you'll Mm -hmm. yell at me for it, but we just move on and work. Yeah. Or other people. You got to learn. Yeah. I mean, and then I'll talk to somebody. I was like, yeah, I messed up this one cue. And then they're like, they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, well, it's here. But it's, it's those middle school things that make you better. Right. Yeah. I I work the little people show. I don't want to say the M word because I don't know, (laughs) but, but so that guy had. Politically correct podcast. But that guy had no direction. That promoter, I was like, all right, so what? what am I? He's like, just play music. Want? He's like, it's not serious. I was like, well, there's a thousand people here. Yeah. I feel like if there was a thousand people that's at one insane. of our shows. That's, in, that's the crazy thing like, is like people that are like that would draw like a thousand people. Yeah. But people that are like so particular about what how they want it and where they want it placed would draw like 200. But literally, he came up to me after the show, and it was because of the stuff you taught me and the way you've trained me. Yeah. He was like, you're the best music guy I ever had. Would you, would you want to do this for us? I was like. Well, you only pay like twenty bucks, so yeah, no, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm not traveling. How much? How much? How much are we talking here? <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, I know which you want to talk about, like getting over on people. A thousand people at twenty five dollars a pop, and, and he paid you're you paying twenty. <laughs> <laughs> one person, just one person showed up, and he paid you. He paid your salary. <laughs> paid your your payment for that night. But but not, so but it's it was a fun experience. I mean, I don't. That's that's the thing. Like, I don't do this for money. I'm I'm lucky enough oh, to be yeah, in the dude. position where. I have a job that pays my bills, but this is what makes me happy. Yeah. And well, it's the thing about it is, is you'll get to the point if you if you continue on the road that you're on, you'll get to the point where you get the experiences and decent pay. Yeah, that that was the uh, and it doesn't come overnight. No, like no, I've but, learned that the hard way, in a sense of the things I've had to sacrifice to now get paid well when I do the New Japan tours or get paid well when I go do yeah, WrestleCon. The Southeast tour for New Japan, like that was money that you could live off of. Yeah, if you, yeah, if, if I did it on a regular basis, yeah, so definitely. It's, uh, that was kind of a spoiled, probably that, that's really early in early in my wrestling career. I don't know, you're, um, but how, what are you, three or four years in? Yeah, but it's uh, it's been with you guys, and I've helped other promotions. I've done yeah. Sound for Turbo. I've redone the audio in Chester, and mm-hmm. it's all because I want to help make things better yeah. for people. Well, you become – when you start doing stuff like that, you become, like, the most reliable – like, I remember there, there's a guy named Jeff Rudd that people in the wrestling industry know, like North Carolina wrestling might know, and he needed a video done for the show, the online show for their CWF. And he sent me a message and said, hey, would you be interested in doing this? I said, yeah, man. I'm always willing to help you guys out. You guys have always been good to me. I like you. Like, you and Danny have always been awesome. Uh, Yeah. He goes, well, like, you're probably the best video guy I know, like, around here. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And I was like, I never – like, I just do my thing. And it's it's weird because, like, once you – when you – like, I've known Jeff for years. And me and Jeff have had good, good times and we've had bad times. Like yeah, cussing and yelling at each other over the phone and at each other's face, and then like hugging each other at the end of a WrestleCon and saying, "Love you, dude. See you next year. I'll see you in a bit. I'll see you when I see you." But uh, 
like when you help people, like like William will always appreciate that. Like TK and Josh always appreciate the turbo stuff. But then you you start getting the reputation of like this is a good dude to work with, and that's how like you then somebody a little bigger than somebody where you, this sounds so egotistical and please don't make me sound like an asshole or don't take it like I'm being an asshole. Where you lucked out or where you it's the same thing I tell people that go and and did their time at high spots and get the opportunities at high spots. Like you put in the time at high spots, you'll get opportunities like at WrestleCon to work on stuff. For exi- for for example, I'll give this example: Tommy, Maureen, uh, I think like Montana. All of them got to go, got their flights taken care of, and got paid to go work Starcast. All three Starcast, and reason being is because they worked at WrestleCon, and they had had knowledge of how to do a convention. And Conrad knew that, so Conrad hired them to do that. That's what I'm talking about. Like you're where you, where you are is you you got your foot in the right door, yeah. as in PWX. So the bad thing about that is because of because we're an established company. God, this sounds, this sounds like I'm such an asshole. That anything you do outside of PWX, it feels like a step down. Does that make and, sense? Which, which no, it and it's it's totally justifiable, right? Because PWX is at a certain level. So also the hard thing with that is mm-hmm. it's hard. There's not much you can grow up to other than like the big boys. Yeah. So now that's where, like, and I don't want to I don't want to shit on them because I don't know who they are. For all I know, it's somebody I know. But whoever does the sound at AEW pisses me off so much because they cut the music at the wrong cues. Yeah. Like I remember Lance Archer who I've played a uh, music for five times. No, no big deal. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so, so his debut, he comes out, everybody dies. He goes up on the second rope like he does going to everybody dies and they cut the song before that last everybody dies. Oh, really? Yeah. And they continue to do it. And I'm like, that's not where you cut it. No. And last night at double or they nothing, do it again. Yeah. Well, they cut the music when he laid out his first guy. I'm like, you don't yeah. cut the music when he lays out the – and I, like like I said, I don't know because it's possible because – You have I, to educate yourself. Yeah. And there's got to be some kind of communication. But the where I have the benefit is, is like I have a relationship with a lot of these wrestlers mm-hmm. and so – and I've watched them as a fan where a lot of – where what the shitty part for people like us is, a lot of people running those jobs for like a WWE or AEW and yeah. Japan aren't even wrestling fans. They were just production people – that landed with a TV company that then got slotted into a role. Well, it's just like I told – I remember the best advice I could give Dutch was what I learned from Jake Manning when when me and Jake filmed for Ring of Honor was there was no producer there. We were filming it for DVD back when Ring of Honor DVDs were a big thing. And I remember – I knew it before. Lagana reiterated it when he produced their – I pay per view from center stage when I were when we worked with them, but I remember Jake telling me like, best thing you can do is watch these guys' matches and yeah. know and know their move sets, because if you know their setup and you know their move sets, you know where to position yourself. And that's the best advice I've ever got as a camera guy, because then I watched Ring of Honor consistently until the next tour that I was on, and that next tour was lights like night and day to the one before it on yeah. how good yeah. of a camera person I was. That- because I knew as soon as like somebody set up somewhere, I knew exactly what they were going to do. So I knew exactly. I, so I pictured in my mind exactly how I wanted to shoot it, and then I'd shoot it. And then everybody would be like, oh, this was so good. That was such a great shot, blah, 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 blah. 
And that's why I told Dutch, I said, listen, when you work for PWX, like just watch PWX shows and learn what these guys' movesets are. So you know whenever Skyler's beating up somebody and he's on the top rope and he gets him up, shit, I'm taking a figure. Like he gets him up, he's going to do the Finley roll off the second rope. So that and, and like, get their faces. Like, yeah. they, like a lot of a lot of what – and I shouldn't give this secret out, but I will. Don't give it out. As your producer, I'll no. forbid it. <laughs> a lot of what, what people – the difference in a lot of what WWE does, which WWE's gotten better at it, but what AEW doesn't do and what PWX does is, like, get facial reactions. Like, so, so if somebody – and the way I cut it, if someone hits a move, instead of getting a wide shot of the move – I go to the camera, like somebody's taking a suplex. I know most people sell when they hit, they'll come up and sell like, oh, and you get their face. So if someone's, if someone's suplexing this way, I go to this camera because that camera's going to get their face when they sit back up. And now that I've told you that, you'll watch PWX shows and you'll say, oh, this is what he does. Oh, okay, this. Oh, okay, I see, I see. Well, it's like you just, I think the face tells the story. And when you see the series of supremacy that's coming up on the PWX uh, Facebook and YouTube and PWXPro.com. Like, you'll see a lot of that because that's a different, that's we filmed it a cinematic style. See, I think, I think that'll be incredible when people see. But I do have a question, and I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus mm-hmm. because, for all I know, it's people we know. But just say, uh, just say you're watching a pay per view put on by just a random company of a- no w. specific name, and their live director is not as good as you. Kevin Sullivan. Is he, is he who live directs? Yeah, for AEW. Is he, well, I don't. I'm not saying no, he's good. I don't like his. Lighting. I don't know. See the thing. Me and Kevin Kelly had this conversation. the The typical edit handed down, I assume, by Kevin Dunn at WWE is ring cam, hard cam, ring cam. You never cut ring cam to ring cam. So it's ring cam, hard cam, ring cam. If you watch like Raw, SmackDown, I don't know if they still do it this way with no crowds, but it's always. Like if you're on the right side ring cam, getting the shot, then it goes to hard cam, sits on hard cam for a few seconds, then it goes to the next ring cam. There's never a ring cam, ring cam, unless they're outside like doing the Braun yeah. Sermon run around or something, yeah. something simple like that. So I think that, I, I, I mean, I don't watch. I'll watch some of the pay-per-view again, but I think Kevin has that style. Well, see, what he was doing. But he was with Impact for so long. And I, I like, I've, I mean, a lot of people don't talk about Impact. Impact editing and production value has been amazing. Oh, these yeah. la- like probably for the last year. Yeah, but what was driving me crazy last night, and it's it's become a they miss a lot of Dynamo. stuff on AEW. Well, they miss it, but then like like I understand how you can fat finger a button and he hit to the wrong camera, mm-hmm. but there was like seven times last night where he just hits to a camera that's on nothing except some the back of somebody's t-shirt. Yeah, and it's like for five seconds. It's like. It's like one. I understand how you well, also also you don't with the pandemic going on. You don't know who's there and who's not. So they could have like feeling camera people because a lot of that comes down to the crew that you're working with. That's why, like when we when we worked the New Japan tour, I was so I was so direct with like I need Cody and the team. Yeah, because these guys, I don't I can I can just say one word and they know what I need. Yeah, like uh, then that's. If I if I had to go work with another team, it wouldn't be as good. And I think that's what that guy at Hammerstein, the guy that helped us, I think what was his name, Michael, maybe. Uh, was, you know what I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about. The guy that worked that said the hard cam. Yeah. Uh, like he was. I think that's why he loved. He's like, dude, if I'm ever in North Carolina, I'll work with you guys. I love working with you guys because I think he found like he learned that camaraderie 
from between all of us. There is, that, and, there is and like that's where the tours help build that even stronger, right? So but now, yeah, but not I, to sorry to interrupt. Not to throw Kevin Sullivan under the bus because Kevin Sullivan is insanely good at what he does, and uh, yeah, I mean he's I have, in, I have in no the in like with you, Kevin Sullivan. Like, not dude. that Kevin Sullivan. Oh, okay, cool. I feel more it's another. Ke- it's a, I know it's the first time that I ever <laughs> uh, that I ever had to do anything with Impact. I, I was like, I, I, they were weird. like Kevin Sullivan. I was like, like Taskmaster Kevin <laughs> Sullivan. They're like, I thought that's what, you that's were what Sanjay. To it's like no, it's another guy. He's he's a production guy named Kevin <laughs> Sullivan. I know it's weird, but uh, he's I'd never I've never like officially met him. Me and him have emailed back and forth a lot, but, uh, very, very talented, very good. But a lot, you, a lot of that blame does not need to go on him. It needs to go on communication. I think that's what AEW lacks is you got a lot of indie guys who got these big contracts who now think they're superstars and they're not, and they're, they're not humble enough to, Skit with camera guys and get with commentary because that's that's what lacks on their commentary. Oh, no, I've heard you have three of probably the best commentators in our in our era of wrestling in Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, and Excalibur, and they they're lost so much. They were lost. What I, from what I when I watched, they were lost so much during that pay per view last night. Well, see, they are in now. It's funny because Jr's gotten to the point in his career where he's not going to fake it for you. No, if he hates it. He'll be like, oh yeah, and he like, should. That that's that's a real that's a real aspect of a wrestling show that nobody else has. He needs to tell the truth because he he'll like you'll listen to him. He like he like now psychology wise, tell me how that makes sense. And that's something we've never heard on a- the funniest <laughs> thing last night. As I was watching or this morning, I was watching rewatching the uh, Stadium Stampede or whatever it was called, and uh, Nick, one of the Jackson brothers, gets suplexed on the field. And Tony Schiavone goes, well, it's turf. It's real turf, guys. And <laughs> Jack Caliber tr- tries to save it. It's like, as opposed to what, Tony? <laughs> he goes, well, like AstroTurf. It's got concrete under it. He's like, how about, and Jim Ross is like, Tony, how about you go out there and get placed on the, on, the, on the real turf? And Tony's like, I'm just telling you guys, it's a little softer. And it's just like they're going back and forth. And I'm like, God almighty. But there's, I, I think there's a lack of communication with AEW and it's, and it's all like, I, like that's, that's the thing about opinions. And this is the thing that I'm really like the whole situation with the Hannah girl is like, people are welcome to voice their opinions, but you need to understand that 90% of the opinions that are voiced have no fucking idea about no. the situation involved or the details that cause that or this or that. A and B, if you want to be mean, just fuck off. Yeah. It's like Like why why? Like there's there's people in we've seen it in our scene, right? Like I have enemies just because I'm a fan of PWX and I'm like, that's stupid to me. And like they're like, we Oh have, well, I'm a I'm a fan of this company and you're a fan of this I'm like, no, I'm a fan of it? all the companies. Yeah. Like I don't care. It's like I don't go to certain promotions because I don't want a problem. That's that's like, why it's so funny when people say, Well, you want us to fail. No, I don't. I want me and my company to succeed. And if if you, this is the way my mind works. I want everybody, I've said this numerous times on many podcasts and other platforms. If you're doing what you love to do, I want you to find success in that because that is the ultimate like happiness that you can do, that you can find is A, have a loving family that I truly believe and B, 
do something you love to do for for like a living or a job, or yeah. you're able to do it on a on a like relatively frequent basis. So like you, I look at all these companies, even the companies that that hate us, or hate PWX, or hate me and Brian, and I'm like, I don't, I don't care how you feel about me. Just go make your company successful. Instead of trying to tear down my company, use that Just energy to make your company successful. And, and to be fair, like people have used that to build their companies. Like, oh yeah, build, but and, and it's worked. But I mean, that's the Yankee syndrome. That's but, when you're the Yankees, people yeah try they, to knock they you down. Use you to get a rub, and, and that's it's fine. yeah. And but there's there's a thing where all right, I remember five years ago there was like. I don't want to say no drama because I was really new, mm-hmm. but like fan drama was really a minimal. But then it got to the point where there was a group of us and like, I'm easily triggered. I was back then. Yeah. I was like, I'd be like, all right, if you want to, if you want to be an asshole, I can now asshole you and yeah. we'll do that now. Cause I wasn't associated with a company. Now that I'm associated with companies, I watch what I say and I don't even respond to things because I'm like, well, now people will see it and, yeah. and relate it to here. But that whole thing was stupid to me. Like I don't have any ill feelings towards any of these people. I'll shake their hand, but I'm also still baffled about how it's like, Oh, it's you versus us. It's us versus them. It's yeah. like, no, it's not. It's like, we're, it's yeah. There's rival companies. It's fun to have a rivalry, but it's not WWE versus WCW. Yeah. Not, there's not 10 million people watching product one and product two. I'm like, we're all just people well, here to have a fun and have a good time. It's just like the saying of everybody. Not one person's experience with you will be the same. Yeah. So one person might tell you I'm the greatest guy on the face of the earth. This other person might tell you I'm the biggest asshole on the face of the earth. Oh, more people and not tell me you're the biggest asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. But it's a matter of what what you bring to the table for me, or what the way you came at me. And if you, if you come at me trying to get something out of me, and you don't deserve it, I'm not going to give it to you. Yeah. So if like, for instance, the whole you know this situation, there's one person that really doesn't like me and Brian. That's like states away. And continuously tries to cause a stir, use us to get views on his YouTube video, like and promotes like negativity, negative stuff, all based on a an apparent uh, opinion or opinion of an experience that another person had. So your hatred is based on another person's explanation that is wrong. And we've told them numerous times that it's wrong, but they've dug it in their head, so they've created an agenda that you've jumped on. Yeah. So now you're no different than somebody who watches fucking CNN, and they say, and you have no knowledge of a situation at all, and they say that Trump's a piece of shit. And you're like, fuck Trump. You know what I mean? But you're not or this, on the same end, you're you're the person that watches Fox News has no has no knowledge of Trump or Biden at all. And on Fox News, they say, Biden's fucking crazy and he was a pedophile. And then you say, yep. Yep. And you're like, (laughs) we're going to go with that. I'm going to post this shit on social media right now. It's like, motherfucker, educate yourself. And and I've always been one that if I did something wrong to you, if this person has an issue with me or Brian, if, if Brian doesn't answer his phone, call me. I will more than likely clear up any miscommunication with you. And if I was in the wrong, I will admit I was in the wrong and I will apologize and I will do everything I can to make it right. I've done that numerous times with numerous people. 
but you don't even do that. You, you, you want to, you're no better than these assholes that put shit on the internet and, and that pushes someone to take their own life. Yeah. And see, and it's, and it's not even just fans. Like I, you know, I've had a situation with a wrestler that's no longer in the area that he, he attacked me and heck for whatever reason, just because we had a podcast that he didn't like. So then that created a blew up into a whole situation where I wasn't even allowed at a promotion for like a year. And now that's like, I don't have any grudge towards that. Well, the thing about it is he attacks you guys by going on another podcast and talking (laughs) shit. So he attacks you the same way that he's pissed that you think he thinks you attacked him. But it's the most, it's the stupidest, most childish thing is, ever. It's like, and it's it's so funny because wrestling is supposed to make us all happy, but then we let all this petty shit meet. Like I've been guilty of it, and I'm a lot better of it now. But like, we just got to get to a point where we're all being better to each other. Well, what right? what happened to listen? No, no one, not even Vince McMahon, from a wrestling perspective, owns the world of professional wrestling. Yeah. Like, the beauty of professional wrestling is I can – there's a guy I've met once, I wish I could remember his name, that has an artistic mind that created this thing called Keiju Big Battle, where a bunch of damn, like, robots and shit bust up a cardboard city that's in a <laughs> ring, and it's like, it's like that Rampage game. You remember that Rampage yeah. game? That's what it's like. I've, I've and seen that. It's the most entertaining thing on the face of the earth. And if this guy can have this artistic mind and create something like this that people enjoy, then there's no, there's no reason you can't create a company that you want to create and just mind your own business. Like, just go be successful in, in your company. Like, because you lose. I tell Brian that all the time because Brian does get does get on a roll sometimes and try to go after, like, have these bad opinions about other companies and stuff. And I say, listen, what these other companies do don't mean jack shit to us. All we need is people to pay a ticket, buy our on-demand stuff, and buy merchandise. Yeah, and that's and the- we need to be able to pay the guys, give these guys a place to work where they feel like they're getting better, they feel like they're getting matches that can, they can showcase their talents, that they can send out and get them signed somewhere. And we need to, to like continue to provide the, the best wrestling in the Southeast to the, our fan base and to all the people that watch it around the world. And the most confusing thing to me is, like, when did we as a culture move on from, all right, say you come to a PWX show and you don't like it. Mm-hmm. Why not just not come back? Oh, yeah, you, have it, to, you, ha- you, you have, have to, to... You have to shit on it. Not just say, it. I didn't like it, but now because of social media, oh, this sucks, they're, they're joking. It's, because, like, it's, it's because everybody thinks their opinion matters, and I hate, I'm sorry, it, it doesn't. Does. Your opinion doesn't matter. My, if I go, like, if I go to a concert... That I was really looking forward to, and it didn't deliver. If I go online and I say, "Listen, when saw the bare naked ladies tonight?" I wish I would have saw them fifteen years ago. It just didn't feel like the real na- the the what bare naked ladies. Bare used naked to be. ladies is the most disappointing and, concert because when you go, you have a completely different like like when I first heard the band name, I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna oh, look them up, up just because." Like, <laughs> shut <laughs> up. But uh, but like, there was. 20,000 people at that concert. I'm one person. As much as I want to think my opinion matters, it doesn't. doesn't. So don't like if, if you have, if you have an issue with like spending like the money you spent or you don't think you got your, like that's something you need. Like what happened to people coming up to the people responsible and talking to them face to face? That's a better question. What happened to people having balls or guts or just the respect of saying, coming up to me or Brian and saying, listen, 
I didn't like this. If we did something on a show that offended somebody, I have no problem someone coming up to me and saying, listen, Patrick, I really didn't appreciate this. And I'm not going to blow them off. I'm going to find out what, what, why they felt this way. And, and if they have a legitimate point and it's not based on some kind of other mindset that might not be appropriate, like that we might not agree with or might not be appropriate, then I will take it into consideration. I will never, ever let something like that happen on our show again with my knowledge. It's that easy. And it's, it's, not, it's not about go online and, and write a damn essay that people are going to pinpoint out and then write an article on a news site about, and then that's what makes you feel like that you're important in the world. Well, see, why people don't like confrontation is like, say it's me and you one-on-one, mm-hmm. and you're right and I'm wrong, and I know that. But on social media, you can go on there and you get your cheerleaders oh, and yeah. your friends that'll prep you up. You're like, oh, yeah. And so that that's helped it. A part of the reason why me and you work together and why me and Brian work together well and me and Kevin Pierce is like if there's an issue, we can go up to each oh, other. Oh, it's, and it's say, the way it's the culture that we build around our like on our team. Yeah, it's is like, people can approach each other, can call people out, but we don't call people out to embarrass them or to shame them. We call people out to teach them. Yeah, and hold it's, each other. Yeah, like, and and that's the reason. Sorry, to, sorry to interrupt you again. That's the reason that I can show up at a show. And not have to worry about the stage getting set up, or the sound getting set up, or the video board, or the videos getting set up, or the screens getting set up. I can go there, have the meetings I need to have, talk to the booking committee, talk to the wrestlers if they have any questions, and then when it's time to get started, check audio levels and go. Yeah, I don't have to do anything else. And this the reason that is is because we've built a team with open communication, and people have learned from mistakes, and we've taught every we taught each other. Like you, you've taught me. Kevin's taught me. Kevin Jordan's taught me. Brian's taught me. I've taught all of you guys. Everybody on that team brings something different to the table that they teach person. And that's, that's why we roll so easily and so well together. And that's where, that's where I was going to tie it into like the whole. Sorry, I stole that from you. No, no, no you're fine. You're, you're more well-spoken than I am. Like, sometimes. I, sometimes. <laughs> but like, that's where I wish people would just get back up, back to. It's like, don't post something on social media and then message me in a DM something completely different. Yeah. Because then that's when I'm going to have uh, an issue with it. An issue. Yeah. Just come up to me as a person and like, like hell, me and Ethan Case, I'll just say, me and Ethan Case didn't get along for a while because mm-hmm. of a situation. Me and Ethan Case get along great now because yeah. we finally talked it out. Like two it's all, Yeah, whenever you sit and talk to somebody 99.9% of the time, it's because of ill-informed information yeah. or miscommunication. Yeah. That's it. And when you just said a, a lot of this stuff, the petty drama, a lot of the cyberbullying, the cyberbullying are just people that are sad individuals and human beings that, that need attention. I know we're probably running over on time. It felt like it. We are. Uh, we're about to take it home. Oh, that's your that's new your show. Big new show. Wrestling Open Forum. Every other Friday. WrestlingOpenForum.com. Be up tomorrow. Let's see. It's not tomorrow's not Friday. It, oh, yeah, it'll be up the Monday before this airs. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still getting used to telling people dates on these on these. Oh, because you have to retroactively say it. Because yeah, this is like I do it all the time. Like this Saturday, but what if somebody watches it the next? I had this whole discussion on <laughs> wrestling open forum. Is like. If I say this Saturday, what if somebody watches it next week? Then they're going to think it's like the next Saturday. Then they're going <laughs> to tune in, and it's not even the subjects that we talked about. It's like, spoiler, like it's what not the even hell? Tuesday. Yeah, what the hell's going on? Yeah. 
guess what, guys? We filmed these over the course of the week and then released <laughs> them on a Tuesday. That's how this works. This is a, this is going to be so disappointing. This is live? What? <laughs> but, yeah. But I guess the, to, to wrap it all up, our message to the world on this podcast is be good to each other. Be good to each other. Be positive. Rest in peace, Hannah. Man, that is just such a twenty-two years. Dude, old. it's and she's be- like a beautiful girl with a bit with like a ridiculous career ahead of her. And it's it's because of it's, uh, it shows you it shows you how words matter. They say yeah, words matter. matter. Yes, because we grew up sticks and stones might break my break my, uh, break my bones, stones, but words, but words never, never hurt me. They do. They do. They cut you and. It's a sad situation. I don't want to see it. Like, I know there's probably people watching this that deal with the same type of stuff. And I'm not going to be one of those people. Well, please reach out. Reach out to somebody. Reach yeah. out. Do, do whatever you need. Or how about, how about, we, create, how about we, we create a culture, where, we culture where, where there's no need for that? Because we don't preach hate and negativity online. That's all online stuff is now. Like, I hope we get to a point where people are looking back, like, we're in the history books, and they're like, can you believe these people were just assholes? So, yeah, so negative? I don't know. But But all in all, be good to each other. Cheers to Tuesday. Thank you, bro. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Special Podcast. Find all of our old episodes at TuesdaySpecials.com. Tuesdaysmissile.com. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. All right, thank you.